sit-down bond. Yeah, your 007 ring. It leaves the 007 seal. Your 007 ID bracelet conceals ammunition and message pellets for use with the 007 pen. An ordinary pen, isn't it? It writes like one, but it projects messages over 20 feet. Ingenious. And should you find yourself trapped, you merely whistle for help. Then by placing ammunition in that slot... Careful, Bond! This is vapor paper. Writing messages to our agents. Drop it in water. Astonishing. Good luck, Bond. You're on your own. Get your 007 secret agent pen and disappearing vapor paper separately or packaged with a 007 secret agent ring and ID bracelet. You'll get a bang out of it by American character. Welcome to another episode of Quantum of Misses, a James Bond podcast. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And you had not remembered what it was we were going to watch tonight, Fiona. So what did it turn out to be? You Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice. And how did you find it? Um... I don't think I've ever seen this film before. <gasps> what a treat, then. It must be for you. <laughs> but it is a Sean Connery one. It is a Sean Connery. And they, I think they are the best. Oh. I'm reserved judgment of that to the end. I think they are the best. <laughs> but, um, but yes, it's a good one. Is it? It's a good one. So far. So far. Okay. Of its time. Of its time. And we're going to have to speak about things that it was a different time for. Yes, we will. All right, okay. Not too bad, though. Mm-hmm. But... So how do you want to do this? Start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Gun battle. Black and white? I don't know. I must admit, I'd never noticed it before. For a split second, then, I thought you were going to make me watch black and white bomb film, oh but then gosh. I realised there wasn't any, so that's okay. Because um, you've made me watch enough black and white shit over the years. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I I guarantee I will not make you watch a black and white Bond film. That that was a careful choice of words there, wasn't it? Mm, what was it? Do you think? Do you think? Yeah. Um. Yes, it's the gun barrel. I never have anything to say about gun barrel. I think watching the Conner and these early Connery gun barrels as he almost falls over. <laughs> First of all, it's not Sean Connery, and second of all, he almost falls over when, right. he, when he does the shit, does the shot. Um. So we had the pre-title sequence. Yes. Space. Space. The excitement of space. Yes, but we've already watched Moonraker, so <laughs> we've been there. Yeah, mind me what happens at the beginning of Moonraker. The very beginning. I didn't remember what film we're watching from last time. I know. Well, what happens at the beginning of this one? Uh, they, no, they... they, um, they uh, Beginning of Moonraker, they hijack the thing that was on the back of the thing. They hijack the space shuttle. Yes. And, and what this, did they do at the beginning of this one? They, they, they ate a space shuttle. <laughs> hmm. 
Slightly familiar? I know, I know. This came but, before Moonraker, obviously. But, but it was a good pre-title sequence. There was ah. excitement from the start. Mm-hmm. There wasn't too much set up. Mm-hmm. But you knew, you could follow it. Um, I mean, there was a bit of a gear change to now go to Japan. But, um, mm-hmm. but no, it was, it was, it was good, I thought. Mm-hmm. Though, was it was it very bit, tense. Yeah, but was it a bit slow? I mean, we knew something was going to happen, uh-huh. but they were all just doing their pre-sequence checks and stuff, and it could have, they did drag it out a bit. Yeah, but I think that, well, bear in mind, just space would be exciting back in them days. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that was getting a bit of excitement and seeing all the different people in all the different places doing all the radio transmissions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, so, so the American space capsule was... Uh, Stolen, mm-hmm. quite brutally cutting the yes. uh, cable of the um, astronaut. Yes, his lifeline. Interestingly, at the time this film was made, although there had been fatalities in the space program, um, all the fatalities were on Earth. As in things blowing up before yes. they left the Earth. Yes. Now, I'm not really sure. Uh, well, I'm not really sure what the fatalities were, but there had been fatalities if it was in training or something like that. Mm. Um I'm not really sure if anybody's ever floated off into space like that. I don't I think they have. No. Or if they had, maybe maybe Russians that was covered up. Yeah, but I think all space programs would have just gone to get the body, at least. They wouldn't just leave it there. Well, how, how are they going to get the body? Their spaceship's been stolen. No, I meant, not meant in this scenario. I just meant if oh, right, I see, that I happened, see. I'm sure the body would be recovered. Would be, I'm not sure if you can do that in space. Anyway, just the point being that this was, you know, like a Early fear, time. potentially, yeah. of what if somebody yeah. gets their lifeline cut? So it wasn't terribly clear. Me. It wasn't terribly clear why he was leaving the Wii shuttle. Oh, no, he did. He was doing repairs. He said he was doing repairs. Yeah. He said a lot of things very quickly, right. including at one point, the first thing he says is, um, you are clear for fourth orbit. And it's like, you can't really decide not to orbit. You know, you were in orbit. Yes. Yes, uh, it's not like someone else had to give them permission. Yeah, or that they could do anything other than be in orbit. But I think it might be the um, ground control would ha- would say, yes, you're okay to go around again, or no, you're not okay to go around again, you have to land now. Mm-hmm. Come so maybe, now. Yeah, so maybe that was what I meant by you're possibly, okay for fourth possibly. orbit. So, spaceship gets stolen. Uh-huh. Uh, then we get a little bit of the... Um, the Americans blame the Russians, and uh-huh. who is going to adjudicate in this fight? Who's the only country that possibly could? Her Majesty's government. government. Yes. Uh, so they're having a um, conference in some remote location. It's quite exciting with the geodesic domes, did not it? I, I thought it looked a bit prisoner. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and they are going to put their man in Hong Kong. will be on it mm-hmm. right away. And who is their man in Hong Kong? It is Bond. Mm-hmm. He's on a woman on Hong, in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Now, is this that that this is all after the titles? We haven't spoken about the titles. No, this is before the this titles. Is, so, so the oh yes, of course he dies mm-hmm. in the pre-title. So um, spoilers. So there's uh, why do Chinese, Chinese girls, girls taste, taste different, different to all other girls? Mm. You think we better? No, just different. Like duck is different from Russian caviar, but I love them both. Darling, I give you very best duck. Well, that would be lovely. 
This is what we come for. Surely this is what we come for, if nothing else. This is a different time. Well, the the taste different is a bit uncomfortable. He was kissing her. I know, but still. And, and isn't that, isn't it, that? It was more the generalisation of a nationality tasting a certain way. Okay. <laughs> well, I see it's racist, not sexist. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> I think, though, isn't, isn't that a bit of a, isn't there potentially a bit of a positive point there about, you wouldn't have, well, traditionally, you wouldn't have thought James Bond would be the kind of person who would be tasting women. This has got adult very quickly, hasn't it? <laughs> In fact, you're saying that he's multicultural is a, is a plus. Well, he has a taste for multicultural. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Um, yeah. But no. <laughs> do, you, do you think that women have a certain taste? Depending on where they're from, no. Thank you. That was my point. I, I was, I was by, by, by. I was, I was trying to see the positives of this. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, after she says that he, she will give him very best duck. Yes. You know what that means. Very best fuck. Fuck. Do you see what I did there? Fuck. Yes. Uh, she then presses the button and the fold-up bed goes up into the wall, which is a great fear I have any time I'm on a fold-up bed. Which, guys, you would think is quite unusual, but we do mm-hmm. have friends with a fold-up bed. We do have to sleep on it when yeah. we stay there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think... It's not going to flip you up. Well, but I think my fear comes from two things. My fear comes from the fact that when I was young, the only experience of flip-up beds I had, the only references uh-huh. I had, were this film uh-huh. and, and the, the Great Muppet Caper, which, <laughs> which also a bed flips up when it's not supposed to. But why would a flip-up bed be in a film if it wasn't to Good flip, flip up? up? I think also the, the issue that I've thought of more recently is it would have to have a hell of a strong spring to flip up as quickly as it did with, with a on man it. on it, yeah, yeah, wouldn't it? But the bed flips up and in come two... People armed with machine guns who machine gun the bed with Bond in it. Uh, then seconds later, so quickly they must have passed them on the stairs. <laughs> the military police arrive and find the dead body of James Bond. But at least he died on the job. He would have wanted it this way. <laughs> Do you know who those two men were? No. Well, for many years I thought the first man, the man who's down kneeling beside Bond was Brian Wilde, Mr. Barraclough from Porridge, but it turns out he's not, disappointingly. But the other man is Anthony Ainley, the master from Doctor Who, is the one who says he would have wanted it this way. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so Bond is dead. Q titles. That's yeah. a good cliffhanger. Not That's really a... when the film's called You Only Live Twice. Oh, you, you, I see, it took me years to work out that that was, oh, right, well, not quite years, as you'll see, but, you know, I didn't connect that to the title immediately. <laughs> I was a child! I thought it was just yeah, an interesting title. Until, well, you'll see what happens subsequently. Um, so, title sequences. So, the title sequence happens. Now, I like this title sequence. Ah. Because it's a bit different from the, the floating women. I'm not saying it was free of women, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they did something different with the uh, Japanese like oh, Paracel symbol yes, uh-huh. and uh, and lava bubbling away, and um, they did eruptions, eruptions, ejaculations, yep. Ge- geisha girls and ejaculations. Yes. 
So there were geisha girls, um, but they weren't, you know, we weren't seeing nipple or anything. I think you, you see the, you see one very prominent nipple in silhouette, very prominent nipple. Oh, well, obviously I wasn't, you mustn't have been looking as closely as you were. Um, but, I thought it was a bit more tasteful. Oh, good. Well, that's all that matters, really. But maybe I, I wasn't on Nipple Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I like that. Though I did comment on one thing mm-hmm. during the title sequences, which was the screenplay was done by Roald Dahl. That's right. Which surprised me, because my only reference is children's books. What about Tales of the Unexpected? I never watched that. I didn't know that was him. You had You had a book of Roald Dahl's short adult stories. But, of course, you've never read any of the books that you actually own. Do I? Yeah, you do. You certainly did in your, in, when we first met. I looked at it, in, but although I have long realised that in most car- of the books that not, you have... Not in my parents' house, but in my No, house. in your house. Mm. Most of the books you have are purely for decoration. <laughs> I do read books. You do. I just don't keep them. Yeah, but not any, not good ones. <laughs> not interesting ones. They have a certain colour and... Uh, uh, That's only holiday reading. Well, what other reading do you do? Actually, you you do before, you now listen before to. Before we had children, mm-hmm. then I did more reading. Now I have other things occupying my time. Yeah, but even then, you only read those kind of books. No, I did read proper books. Okay, and you're not you're not ignorant in any way, shape, or form. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I feel I'm and so... you do and you do listen to audiobooks, don't you? So that's good. Do you want to dig any deeper? <laughs> no. Sorry. I'm sorry if that come across as anything other than me stating the fact that you don't read books. Um, anyway, Roald Dahl. Yes, he wrote the screenplay. Are you very offended? I'm sorry if you're offended. I, I, should, I should have said that more tactfully. <laughs> You've got to speak at some point. Can we just move on? Yes. So, um, is this the first thing and only time he's been involved in a bomb film? It is the first time, yes. It is also the only time. Okay. He or he came up with, when he was interviewed about it, I think this might be why he's the only time, is he basically said, well, it's a formula, isn't it? Mm. And then went through the formula that everybody went, oh, yeah, that is exactly how a James Bond film works. Mm-hmm. And I think the producers weren't too happy with that. Is it like a magic circle kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. yeah, it's like, don't point out that we do the same thing every time. Yeah. But we want the same thing every time. Yeah. True, true. What about the song? You, you only live twice. At least it's easier to sing and remember mm-hmm. and stuff. But then it is, it is Bondy. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the song. Uh, I think it's great. I think I love it. I love it. Who sings it? Nancy Sinatra. Oh. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she, it's, all, it's basically, she could never actually get it sung all the way through. So it's all pieced together from like 30 different takes. Of Why couldn't you sing it all the way through? It's very hard to sing. Uh, and she was nervous because it was like James Bond and all yeah, that. Okay. So there we go. So then we're into He's Still Dead, British Naval Commander Murdered. And we see his funeral on board a ship in Hong Kong Harbour. He gets a naval funeral into the sea, buried at sea, floats down to the bottom of the or sinks down to the bottom of the sea, where two divers pick up the body. And take him to a submarine. And then the body is cut open. Or the bag is cut open. And it turns out he's not dead after all. Now, why on earth 
did they have to put its actual body <laughs> in the thing they stick over the sea with breathing apparatus? Why couldn't they have just had a fake body and him being mm-hmm. having a cup of tea in, in somewhere else? Because yeah. they also had to kit out a submarine. There's a submarine that is kitted out to be M's office and Moneypenny's office. I know, with wood panels and mm-hmm. random books. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem very likely. <laughs> That's where the military spending goes up. <laughs> well, this comes. This leads to the next question of who's in on the fact that this is a fake death of James Bond? Well, what I want to know is, before we get to that, uh-huh. where, where's his family? Or, I know he doesn't have a family, mm-hmm. but you think there would be other people at mm-hmm. his funeral, at least pretending, mm-hmm. like Money Penny? Well, it's a military funeral, so maybe not. But yeah, she's military. She's not military. She's well, she's a secretary in MI6. I don't think there's a suggestion she's got a rank or anything. Well, she was wearing military That's clothing. True, she was wearing military clothing. Um, yeah, okay, but that which kind of comes into the who's in on this that this is a fake death. So, of the people we see, the girl is she in on it? The girl, the girl who was given going to give him very best duck. Did she know this was a fake death? Because no. she put the bed up. No, I think she was part of the... Oh, fake death. Because she was... Can she? He'd been with her on a mission. Mm. That's what Moneypenny said. So if she knows this death is going to be fake... Don't know. What do you think? What about the two guys who fired the machine guns? Are they in on it? No, I think they'd have to make it a surprise for everyone. So the policemen who came, the master and not Mr. Barraclough, they they think they found a dead body. So the body was actually dead. The guy checked his pulse. Hmm. So he at least has to be in on it. Hmm. But then so does anybody. But then really any of them could sort of go and check the pulse and go, oh, it's all right, sir. He's, He's still alive. So I think they've all Have got to be in on it. Have you thought about this or not? Yes. To the point where <laughs> I think they all have to be in on it. Therefore, why make it so elaborate in the first place? For good telly? Well, obviously for a good film, but in in the film, <laughs> I think it, it's like, as you say, why does the, an actual body need to be in that shape? Mm. It could be anything. Uh, so anyway, he gets onto the submarine. Um... He uh, has a slight flirtation with Money, Miss Money Penny before going into M. Um, oh, I. Oh, sorry. Getting his mission, which is basically find out who's, now, who's launching the I, intercepting it, rockets. It occurred to me mm-hmm. that in all these films, there's some often very elaborate way for M to be somewhere so that yeah. James Bond can get his mm-hmm. um, mission. A letter. Would also suffice. Especially as all the information that M tells him, he already knows. He's already been briefed. What is the point of that conversation? (laughs) M just wants a holiday in Hong Kong? Don't know. M's a hands-on leader. That's the problem with the world today. Everybody's sending emails telling you what to do, when in fact what we want is you to bring your little office on a little travelling hut into our office. Imagine that, like, you're like a mobile library. Imagine if, if the directors of your company 
had that, and they were driving it all around Britain and the world to, you know, give you some information. Here's what we want you to do now, Fiona. Feel like being James Bond. Well, do you know the the one up from email mm-hmm. is like telephone calls. Yes, we could be and, intercepted. And I know how much you love a telephone call. Mm, yeah. For the, for the passage of information. Well, my telephone calls with them would be very similar to Bond's <laughs> meetings with them. What is it? This. Okay, do it. See you later. Bye now. <laughs> now, now patch me through to your secretary so I can flirt a bit before I actually go. <laughs> no, no, he comes out of the uh, mm-hmm. thing, and there is more flirtation. And then I'm, I'm, I'm loving Miss Money Penny deciding that the code word is "I love you" to try and make him <laughs> to say, say it back to I her. I love you. Yes. Have Bond and Miss Money Penny had sex? I don't think so. She says in this one though, because he said she, she says, "How was the girl we fixed you up yeah. with?" And she says, he says, five more minutes and I would have been able to tell you, which is not true. Because mm-hmm. um, he says, we've been together a few weeks. And the mm-hmm. but anyway, five more minutes, I would to tell you. And then she says, she doesn't know, she says, she doesn't know what she's missing. Yeah, but you say that as in, I'm sure you're good in bed, without actually having to know it. Oh, okay. All right, so you don't think they've done it? I don't think they have, no. Do you think if, ever, if the situation ever came up, if the opportunity ever arose, do you think they would? I don't think he would. Do you think he's got too much respect for Miss Money? She's the only woman in the world he has respect for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he, it's more, you know, he looks down on her. <gasps> no, rather than goes down on her. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I did there. So you don't think, so you think she it's would be totally up thing. for it? She thinks she would be totally up for yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I kind of think it's the other way around. I kind of think that, Ken, if he said, right then, Miss Moneypenny... You think she's all talk? She'd go, oh, no, James. Oh, no, Mrs. Because she's careful. <laughs> okay, so they have that uh, little bit of uh, flirtation. Then... Then... He was shot out of pipe. He was shot out of pipe. Much like you were in a dream once. It was a great dream. <laughs> Similar idea, essentially you were loaded into, well, a sort of natural torpedo effect occurred. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I have an issue with this bit too. I, can I just tell you, I love this film. But almost, <laughs> I think part of the reason I love it is because almost every scene you can go, hang on! <laughs> what? Because basically, a torpedo, the, the point about, first of all, he would die if he was, if, if the pressure that was inflicted upon a torpedo was inflicted upon the human body. Mm-hmm. Right? But even if we bypass that, the point, the, the reason that you have to shoot a torpedo is that it has no motive power of its own. Mm-hmm. So once he gets as far as he gets shot with a torpedo, he then just swims. So he might as well just have swum the whole way. <laughs> but my thought on that, is they were so deep uh-huh. he needed to be shot to get to the surface because he couldn't swim all that way because he was only holding his breath. Mm-hmm. That, that was the only reason. It's speed. Ah, okay. All right. Which brings us to the next hang on moment, <laughs> which is he goes to the surface. Where is he meant to be when he surfaces? Japan, I think. But they've been in Hong Kong Harbour and he's been on the submarine for literally less than five minutes. It cannot be in, the, in near Japan. But I agree with you. I, I think, think he it might is have been Japan. On, I think he might have been on that more than we saw on that. We saw him come on. 
We saw him walk to Miss Moneypenny. Literally, we see him walk all the way to Miss Moneypenny, into M, out of M, out of Miss Moneypenny, unless there's a huge gap in between, in which he speaks to other people. Well, that's what I'm thinking. He's after Moneypenny, but before he's short and pipe. There's a huge gap. Yes. He, like, has dinner or something. (laughs) Speed of the essence, 007, but wait until we get near the Sea of Japan. Oh, yeah. Whereas, in fact, we could just let you out and get on an aeroplane much quicker. Or, as you say, didn't bring you here at all. <laughs> but that does have the one benefit of um, seeing James Bond in his naval uniform, mm. which is my favourite. Then you're not Sean even Connery in his, <laughs> Oh, Sean Connery in his naval uniform. Oh, lovely. That's man... Basically, James Bond in his naval uniform is man crush time at all times. I would tell you. You 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 cross the threshold of crush. <laughs> I I do I do not fancy James Bond in any other scenario, but in his naval uniform, yeah. <laughs> would you go as far as to say you do him? <laughs> I don't know. Right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a probably Miss Money Penny. I would probably no oh, no James. Because you are. Kind of I <laughs> So he's off to Japan <laughs> on his mission. Um, and women follow him in the streets. Yes. Uh, where he goes to, even though they know where he's going. Now, I would say before we get to that point, mm-hmm. when it goes Tokyo. Tokyo. There was a, quite a long bit of Tokyo tourism shots mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before we got, saw what he saw, which is one of the first location sexy Location places we've seen in this mm-hmm. film. But carry on. I bear in mind, 1967, Tokyo is totally out of reach to your average cinema goer in Britain or America. That's um, true. Anyway, so he goes, so he goes to a sumo wrestling, of course. Tourism. Uh huh. Uh, where the sumo wrestler uh, tells him, gives him a ticket to a particular seat. This is all a bit convoluted. Isn't yeah, it? he goes to the seat. He's watching the sumo wrestling when a girl turns up. An attractive girl. An attractive girl. Yes, she says she'll take him to Mister Henderson. Um, he decides, okay, he'll go with her. Off they go to the hotel. She's not going to stay because Mister Henderson wants to see him himself. And then we meet Dicko Henderson. Why, oh why, did their contact in Japan have to be an English person? I'll come back to that later. Okay. Because you can't trust any foreigners. <laughs> well, you can in this film, but I presume that's part of it. So, Dicko Henderson. What do you make of him? Is his name Dicko? Dicko. I don't know if he's mentioned in this film, but in the book he's called Dicko Henderson. Okay. Um, well, I just draw attention to one comment he said. Mm-hmm. That he gets Russian vodka. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh huh. From the doorman at the Russian embassy, amongst other things. Yes. But he is gay. No, I think it's interesting you say that, Fiona, because I have heard that theory expounded a lot. Whereas I thought what he was getting from him was secrets, because he's Russian. And it's a cold war. Now, but that would be, be the a, more logical conclusion. But there should be a wide consensus that what Dickel Henderson gets from the doorbell of the Russian embassy is some sort of sex. Well, it's just the way he goes, amongst other things. Yeah, but they're spies. We're talking about spies. Well, no, I don't no. Know. I'm not suggesting what kind of sex he gets. 
where are the turns gonna go? <laughs> but no, I just uh, that that from the way he said the line, mm-hmm. that's what. I well, that, that is fascinating, fascinating. Um, what's interesting again, this is one of these things where the film and the book kind of meshed. I'm clearly meshed in my head, although the film is very different from the book. But in the book, it talks about how Dicko Henderson has a wooden leg, and that's why Bond can practice him. Now, clearly, Charles Gray puts a limp on. But it's not obvious. But it's never mentioned that you know he's got a wooden leg. I know. So it does. It does kind of look like Sean Connery just smacks him in the leg for no reason. And is that just to check it's him? Yes. And not some other English person pretending to be him. Pretending to be him. Okay. Uh, so he gives him the theory that it's not the it's not the Russians and it's not the Japanese. It's another world power, and that uh, Osato Chemicals is involved in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point he, he stops suddenly because he's been stabbed. But at this point, you think he means the Chinese. Oh, do you think he means the Chinese? I think he means the Chinese. Ah, well, that's possible, yes. I mean, we don't know because we haven't seen the whole film, but mm-hmm. that's why I'm thinking at that point. Uh, so Bond then, rather brilliantly, jumps through the paper wall of the Ka-cha! hotel and follows the man who's attacked Dicko, mm-hmm. uh, knocks him out, knocks him over, um, in a fabulous spy film cliche, changes clothes with him, even though he's clearly about a foot shorter than Sean Connery. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, gets in the back of the car that the guy was going to escape in, and therefore gets taken to Osato Chemicals. Hmm, and even when the suit... Oh, the other thing is, he recognises the sumo guy driving the car. Is that the sumo guy driving the car? And taking him up to the room, and then having a big fight with him. I didn't think it was the same sumo guy. I thought it was just a big guy. No, it's the same sumo guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, there we go. So, the sumo guy, who was a contact, is also working for the other side. Oh, no, he's not our sumo guy. He had other sumo he guy. The, the competitor, wasn't it? Oh, God. I didn't notice that, that they were, it was the same person. It, that makes a bit of sense, I suppose, because he's certainly a big man for but a Japanese he, person. But he said, because I thought when he saw, when Bond looked at the car, mm-hmm. he recognised. Oh. The, well, I don't know, maybe I'm making that up. Anyway, but, as you say, the man carries him over his shoulder. Without realising him, he's a different bloke. <laughs> yeah, much heavier and much taller and much whiter. <laughs> Although so, he's wearing a face mask. So uh, yes, that's a bit unbelievable. Hang on, that's what we should yeah, say. And then, but then they have the greatest hand-to-hand fight in the history of cinema. Do you think? They lift up a sofa! They lift up a sofa and use it as a weapon! How? That, I don't, the sofa would have to be light enough to lift it up, but also heavy enough to do some damage when you poke it at someone. Yeah. And they, can they really go for it? And a lot of it looks like it is. A lot of it looks like it's definitely not Sean Connery, but a lot of it looks like it is Sean Connery. I love that. But I love that. Love that fight. Uh, he then leaves him in the uh, in the bar, um, in the, which is in the office, and spots a safe out of which he uses a little safe cracker gadget, doesn't he? We've seen that before. Have we? Yeah. Have we? In Goldfinger, the only thing we've seen before this is Goldfinger. Does he use it in that? 
I didn't mean before. I meant us before. I didn't mean necessarily in right. chronological order. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, he does. I think he safe cracks something in Moonraker. Yeah. Right? Moonraker as well. <laughs> and not Goldfinger! <laughs> oh, God. I can't remember to do that. Um, and off he goes. So then he then gets spotted by the security. He outruns them. No. The alarm goes off when the... Aye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The alarm and the security come. Yeah. Uh, he runs out of the building and just as he's about to get gunned down, the girl turns up again in her sports car and whips him off. He says, right, let's get some information now. And she specifically does not give him any information, uh, but runs away into a underground station. Which is blatantly a trap. Yeah, but he's got no other lead at this point. Mm. He's got to follow her, so he follows her and gets sent down a very, very long um He does look honestly skelter. petrified yeah. in the shots of him going down the health. Uh, and lands, lands, in the, and it is Sean Connery who lands in the chair. He looks really pissed off that he had to do that. This is a, you can see so many bits that you think this is why he didn't do any. This is why he decided he wasn't going to be James Bond anymore. Mm. Um, and is confronted by Tiger Tanaka, who is the head of the Japanese Secret Service. Who um, Mr. Henderson mentioned. That's right. As being a good contact to have. Um, and Tanaka takes him to his private train. Now there's an odd, what I think is supposed to be a joke here, when Tanaka says, well first of all, Tanaka says, yeah, I couldn't walk the streets, not in my position, it would be very dangerous. But it's also been established that nobody knows what two Tiger Tanaka looks like. Yeah, but that's because he makes these precautions. Okay. Um, and then he, so then he says, you and Mr. M in London will have something similar, I presume. To which Bond says, oh yes, definitely. Which I think is meant to be, I don't be so stupid. No, I think he, he's kidding on that they're just as good, but mm-hmm. we know that he's just talking shit. Well, is he? Because Bond, because M does have an office in a submarine. Mm. <laughs> it's not he doesn't the, have his own train under London. In London, London no. Um, and in the train, they have a look at the stuff that he's found, which leads them to this ship, the Ningpo. Um, it was a good job that whoever's doing, whoever's behind this, um, kept the photograph and wrote on the photograph in a microdot all the information you might need to know about the photograph, yes. that it was taken by an American tourist who they then liquidated. But they didn't destroy the photograph that she that they killed her for taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, and we missed the bathing scene. No, no, that's yet to come. Don't sure. panic, don't panic. The we'll dwell on that. The different time is yet to come. <laughs> um, so I think, I think actually the bathing scene might be the next bit. All right, go on. Um, because uh, they look at that, and then he says, let's go, I'll give you some Japanese hospitality. Hospitality. <laughs> which is the bathing scene. Mm-hmm. The floor is yours on the bathing scene. Right, so just to describe it, they have a range of women who stand there in their underwear, and it turns out they are there to bathe the men and then give them a massage. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There is no need for them to be in their underwear. True. And it's very much pick a choice of women. Uh-huh. And I think it very much suggested that you would then intend to sleep with the women. Uh-huh. Um, what I did like uh-huh. is 
the ranger women were like slightly a range of different sizes. Oh, okay. <laughs> One for, for anyone's taste. <laughs> um, so there wasn't a, a, they all had to be identical. Uh-huh. Um, so, and they were fascinated with James Bond's hairy chest. Because it's not Japanese yes. to have a hairy uh-huh. chest. Um, and uh, Tiger says in Japan, men always come first. So both interpretations of that statement are deeply upsetting. <laughs> and when we come second, yeah. as Austin Powers says, sometimes, not at all. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, it's not... And to say that in front of the women as well, just really rub it in, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, Look at the optional extra. <laughs> Good for the skin, apparently. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, the whole thing is horrible, isn't it? And I, I'm, I, I'm disappointed, generally. In that. Well, let me, let me give you a bit of a spin on it, which is, the reason that they have to have all the women in this scene is to make it not look as gay as it clearly is. What with the two men bathing together? Yes. Because if they were just doing that, together, that has a totally different tone, doesn't it? Come into my little hut that I have in my back garden. Yes, and but I don't mind the women being there. They just didn't have. Well, maybe I do. They can bathe themselves separately. Mm-hmm. Well, can't well, they well, just I think... have a tea ceremony and. <laughs> yeah, why can't we do the tea ceremony, not the bathing? Um, you also missed the uh, Bond's line when the women are attending to him, bathing him. Don't, don't get it in my eye. Don't get soap in my eye. When there is no soap anywhere near his face. Yes, so that's a little witticism there about what eye he might be talking about. Um, then they have the massage. Well, the other thing is they, they talk about, they talk an awful lot of very secret things in front of these women. Mm. Who, as you say, given what they are, their chosen task, have a motive for, you know, I'll get one over on this guy who makes mm. me, make him, make me serve, make him, who makes me serve him. Um, but they chat away about that. Then they go, then Bond goes into the massage and uh, Aki turns up, um, and takes over the massage and they melt into each other's arms and we assume have sex. Yeah, but what I have an issue with in this scene is she sneaks in, um, but as soon as she reveals that it's her, it's assumed on both parties that they're just gonna shack. Mm-hmm. At what point did they lead up to this? Yeah, there was no, there's no evidence of any spark between them prior to this. No, really, no. Uh, but it kind of goes along the the idea that the women were there just like prostitutes because there is an assumption that the master just sleeps with them. Oh, but I think she's totally willing. Yeah, she. Yeah, but I'm just saying the fact that there's so much assumption uh-huh. goes along the lines to think that that setup is assumed uh-huh. to conclude like that. And and that's why she crept in to, to be mm-hmm. the person because she wanted to be part of that setup. Yes. I agree with that because in fact Bond says to the first woman who's doing the massage, um, I was I had a last time I had a massage was in Hong Kong and we never got to finish it. Uh, and it's like, Well, you went in the middle of a massage when we saw you in Hong Kong, suggesting that the finish of it is something not massaging. Yes. Yes. So what happens after that? 
after we've had the massage, what does he do then? Oh, he has to go... Oh, no, one thing uh-huh. that, that they say in the bath... Oh, yes. ...is um, who... who The fact it's an industrial person is probably behind this rather than uh-huh. the national... Well, the nation is going through an industrial person. Mm-hmm. Who could that be? Could it be a sucker, maybe, or Spectre? Spectre. So is that the first time we've heard Spectre? No, he's he's come across Spectre a lot. All oh, right, okay. So yeah, you're you you know that Spectre is the organisation which is neither our side nor theirs. Mm. Um, that is just their special executive counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. Is that what it stands yes, for? Yes, just basically crime. Yeah. Ah. Um. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure actually in the film Spectre it mentions that. No, it, it might that might not do. Anyway, that's what it stands for. It's just a Say it again. special executive for counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. Okay. Basically, crime. Um, like organized crime. Yeah. So yeah, all of, the only previous Connery villain who is not directly linked to Spectre is Goldfinger, and he is linked to Spectre in the books, but not in the film for some right. reason. Um, so Doctor No works for Spectre. And so do the villains in Russia with Love and Thunderball. Um, and Spectre is run, we know, by someone called Ernst Stavro Blofeld. But we have never seen him, we've never seen his face. We have seen him stroking his cat, but we have never seen his face to this point. Um, yes, so he so could be Spectre. So he goes the next day to Osato mm-hmm. Chemicals, posing as Mark Fisher a British industrialist who wants to buy some chemicals. It uh, seems, the whole meeting seems like, um, yeah, he could have easily have just spoken to the sales guy. Yeah. But it was unnecessary. Yes, to be there at all, because mm-hmm. it lasts about five minutes. It's all a bit like that, the M conversation. Yeah, all that Mr. Osato gets out of it is because of his fancy x-ray desk. Yes. Um, he can see that Bond is carrying a gun. Um and we also meet his confidential secretary, Miss Brandt, Helga Brandt. Again, has to be an English person. Which is German. Helga Brandt. Oh, okay, but she sounds English. Well, well she's not. She's not Japanese. She's not Japanese. No, Mister Osato is Japanese, although he's dubbed by an English person, as is everybody else in this mm. film. Um. Yep, so we get that. Mr. Osato likes a healthy chest. Mm-hmm. No comment on that, then? Past it now. Yeah. Uh, Osato tells Miss um, Brandt to kill Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, out goes Bond. Is he getting shot at at this point? No. Well, he's about to, isn't he? Because he goes out and then she zooms up, Aki zooms up in the yeah. Toyota and says, get down! And the guy starts shooting at him from the black uh, sedan. There's then a bit of a car chase, mm-hmm. um, which is eventually finished by Tiger bringing in his helicopter with a great big magnet on it. Yes, to get rid of the cars that are chasing them. Yes. The car that's chasing them. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that when the car's been picked up by the magnet, the guy's still steering the wheel. <laughs> Although I do wonder, in that situation, when would you suddenly decide, actually, there's no point in these ch- moving the steering wheel, it's not doing any different. Mm. And they drop it in the sea. Oh, one other thing about that scene is there's a car video phone, which is quite 
a good yes. gadget, isn't it? Yes. For those days. Uh-huh. So it was in, um, what, what year are we? 67. Okay. Um, yeah, and there's also another helicopter filming the helicopter because they watch on their little screen the helicopter mm-hmm. with the car dangling beneath it. So where's that being filmed from? Presumably another helicopter. Yes. <laughs> uh, do they go to the um, docks almost immediately after that? Yes, they do. Which is where the Ningpo is. It's going to sail at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Off they go. They find some what's marked as liquid as synthetic turpentine, but which Bond says is ice cold. And therefore, probably liquid oxygen used in rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they then are advanced upon by various heavies who then attack them. With threadbare clothes. What's all that about? Yeah, they're, they're just, you know, they're just taking the orders, aren't they? Yeah, but still, you think they'd afford a shirt. No, they're meant to be like dockers. They're also dockers. I know, but not like Flexible a shirt. Workforce. But like a t shirt that doesn't have rips all across it and through it. Ah. Anyway, what I thought that's a bit odd. Um, what the the the, the wait a minute—that's a that's a brilliant scene when it does the whole thing from the helicopter. Shot. Oh yeah. Um, it's like it's kind of like West Side Story because they're kind of dancing yes. and fighting at the same time. Um, love that, love that scene. But there is a couple, as in all scenes in this film, there's a couple of hang on moments. Um, is this like he only gets attacked one at a time? Well, there's that point to it, yes. Um, they all run away from him just throwing a, a big stick at them. Yes. Um, uh, he jumps off. He's a big dive down onto some um, piled up things under a tarpaulin. He has no idea what it is. It could be rock solid. Yeah. Uh, twice. Um, and then early on in the fight, there is somebody with a gun. But that must be the only gun they've got, mm. because once he is two floors down, they just kind of, the guys at the top of the building just kind of get up on him. Right. They had a gun, they could have shot him. Um, but he does then get clubbed over the back of the head and knocked out. Mm-hmm. And when he wakes up, he's inside Miss Brant's um, cabin. cabin on the Ningpo. Uh, she is threatening him with a scalpel. He tells her that he is a spy, and but he's an industrial spy trying to get the Morosodium glutamate process, which is worth 300 grand. Which uh, isn't a lot of money. Uh, it would have been in them days. Mm. And he would split it with her. Um, but then he kind of gives himself away. Because when she seems to agree to that, she says, but Asato would kill me. And he says, we could fly out of here tomorrow. Mm. So she unties him. He then says, who he's trying to convince her she, he's an industrial spy. She there, he then says, all oh, the things I do for England. Like, well, what do you mean for England? Surely mm-hmm. you mean, all well, the things I do for Empire Chemical. Well, before we get to that bit, mm-hmm. there's a bit where she's still um, intending to torture him, or threatening to torture him, mm-hmm. and then she just kisses him. Yeah. In a kind of use him, sexually abuse him kind of way. Yeah, I think she's a bit of a masochist. Is that right? Say this. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm just, my my um, upsetness about non-consexual can work both ways. Oh, I see. Okay. So, didn't like that. Okay. Uh, then we cut to them, presumably the next morning, in the plane, mm-hmm. taking off, about to fly somewhere, to fly back to... Now, I did notice Europe. that when she was at the front, 
Mm-hmm. She went to put her lipstick on. Yeah. And didn't actually put any lipstick on. Oh, because it wasn't lipstick. No. It was a little exploding thing. Mm-hmm. Which she used to, well, first of all, a small tree <laughs> came out of the uh, shelf. The shelf, yeah, held him back while she jumped out of the plane mm-hmm. after exploding her lipstick. Um, but he managed to break the tree eventually. Obviously. Uh, and wrestle the plane back to control, um, land it, but then it exploded anyway, so it was just as well he got out in time, wasn't mm. it? Um, and off he went and told Tiger that he needed to find her, find him little Nelly, bring little Nelly and her father, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, he also was very dismissive of Aki in that scene when she says something about, oh, James, you would never have been with that oh, horrible yeah. woman. And he goes, oh, heaven forbid. Yeah. But yeah, nice one, James, you absolute creep. Aye. Um, then little Nelly turns up with her father, who is... Hugh? Hugh, in some lovely shorts. Oh, I liked that outfit. What did you think of little Nelly? The autogyro. Well, I kind of knew it would be some kind of small transport thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Had a lot of guns. Mm-hmm. It did have a lot of guns. One of which supposedly fired... Uh, yeah, but I'm wondering, you know when... 60 missiles a minute. <laughs> you know, like in when he was actually fighting the other helicopters, spoilers, uh-huh. um, there's one thing he pressed and then like a whole lot of explosive parachute things came down. Oh, the air mines. Is that what they're called? What they're called. I was wondering if that was what the 60 a minute was, because you could release 60... In a minute. Yeah. Must have been a highly explosive, that helicopter, that little Nelly. You think of all the explosives I know. that were in it. It's amazing how you could get rid of all the uh, yeah. the big helicopters, and the big helicopters didn't seem to be able to hit her. Yeah, it's a real thing. It was a real thing. Did it actually work? Yes, and the guy that flew it was the guy who did it. There's one round the corner from us. What do you mean? Well, we have friends who have moved house recently. They have a cat that looks like Dr. Evil's cat. You know, it's like bald. Yeah. And when they lived in their old house... There's like a car park that you used to go oh, to, yeah, yeah. and there was one like under a tarpaulin there. Ah! She never noticed that. I, I thought it was that a every boat. Time. No, it wasn't a boat. Mm. Um, it was an autogyro. So <laughs> uh, Bond uses Little Nelly to um, interesting bit where they do the the cuts rather than showing you it being built. Mm. They cut between yes. it in various stages of construction. Yeah. Uh, from its four suitcases. Um, yeah. So Bond's going to use it to do some reconnaissance on an island where their intelligence has shown that the Ningpo divested itself of cargo mm-hmm. the night before. Uh, so over he goes, and while he's there, he is attacked by four other helicopters. Before he is. Mm-hmm. He goes down into a helicopter bit with, like, a lake in the bottom. A volcano. Volcano, sorry. Mm-hmm. Volcano bit with a lake in the bottom that looked pretty fake. I'm thinking we're going to see that lake open up and a, a rocket come out. <gasps> like Thunderbolt. Not like... Like Thunderbolt. <laughs> no, like um, Tracy Island. Oh, like Tracy Island. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, uh, what I think was interesting was, yes, he didn't notice what did look quite a, like, quite a fake bottom of that volcano mm. or bottom of the crater of that volcano. But he had said, look at the fishing village, nothing here. Everything else is just volcanoes. I think he even says, heading back to base now, or something mm-hmm. like that. 
At which point the helicopters appear. It's like, well, if you hadn't sent the helicopters to attack him, he'd, he'd discounted the island as being anything important. Uh, but the helicopters attack him. That's a good bit as well. Getting all the hell out of the helicopter battle. That took for ages. It, it took less than five minutes. Felt like it took for ages. Do you think? Oh, oh I would have, I could have watched 20 minutes of that. I'm sure you could have. Oh, man. The same time, the same little bit of tune going over and over. <laughs> That's called 007. That's the uh, unofficial James Bond theme. Then they play the James Bond theme at the end of it. You're supposed to be excited about the James Bond theme and love it when it comes back in. It just was a bit repetitive. All right. Okay. And that was where we um that was where we we finished for the for this part. But you said you liked it. I did. In fact, I think you said you loved it. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen next? I don't know. Who do you think is behind the? Uh, Rockets. Oh, it's the Chinese. Up. You think the Chinese? Through Osaka. Through Osato, not Spectre. Well, Osato is probably part of Spectre, I'm sorry. Well, since he called Miss Brandt number 11, they all call each other numbers in Spectre. Oh, uh, right. Well, there we go. I missed that. Okay. Do you think. Um, He'll shag a few more people. That's what I was Do you think Bond's going to win? Yes. Or do you think World War Three will take place? I think I might have noticed it. Well, it's a film. <laughs> in the future films. <laughs> All right, yeah. Remember that time that you failed Bond and <laughs> World War Three happened? I don't know why we gave you another chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any more to say on the for this first part of you? What's Only live twice. Okay, in that case, you have nothing more to say? No. No. In that case... Quantum Misses. I've never, I've still not got used to what this podcast is actually called. It's a podcast. In that case, Quantum Misses will continue after the news. news.